Thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. Hello, my name is Corey Glover. I'm from the band Living Color, and right now you're listening to Black Girl Nerd. My name is Silasa Thompson, and I am the creator of the Disability 2Y hashtag and the founder of Rep Your Voice. You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Felicia D. Henderson. I'm the co-creator of BET's The Quad, and you're listening to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Hey, this is Eric LaSalle. You're listening to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Yeah, this is Lewis Tan from Marvel's Iron Fist. Um, this is Black Girl Nerds. You guys are amazing. I love you guys to death. Check out the podcast. Check out the show. Let's get busy. We are the Lucas Pros, and we were just on Black Girl Nerd Podcast, and it's fantastic. And listen to it every every day, every hour, because they are awesome. Hey, everybody. This hand, Gary Anthony Williams, a.k.a. Uncle Rocker. This is your Uncle Rocker. And you is listening to the Black Girl Nerd Podcast. Why the hell they let black women have a podcast? I would never know. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends. tuning in to episode 140 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This episode is the Avengers Infinity War set visit episode. Last year, Black Girl Nerds had the opportunity to go to Atlanta on the set visit for Marvel's Avengers Infinity War, which will release in theaters nationwide April 27th. This episode features interviews from the following. Denai Guerrera, who plays Okoye, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, Scarlett Johansson, who plays Black Widow, Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky Barnes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of set visit interviews from some of the cast of Avengers Infinity War, and stay tuned for even more additional interviews from that set visit. Just one quick production note. There was a lot of background noise because obviously we were on the set. So if you've ever been on a movie set before, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of filming that's going on. There's a lot of construction going on. So we were in an area where you did hear some background noise. But for the most part, since the mic is very close to the talent, you can hear their voices. The interview questions from some of the other journalists You can't hear as much because the microphones were closer to the talent as opposed to the journalist. So just keep that in mind as you're listening throughout. But overall, great audio, and I hope you enjoy. First up, Denai Guerrera. Uh, 
for me. Yes, <laughs> for you as a person. Uh, right, me as a person. Right. Well, I mean, it really started with uh, you know last March. I uh, got a. I was my it was actually the opening night of uh, a play I'd written, and my manager says, "Oh, and by the way," and I was like, "What?" I didn't believe him. I was like, "Really?" And um, it was just it was an offer to play this role, and so uh, the next month I was able to be in LA and meet up with Mr. Kugler and just really loved everything he was talking about and every the entire vision of it and you know it was really exciting to think of you know I'm an African and I tell you know as a writer I tell African stories and so it's really was such an amazing uh, thing to just to see let alone be a part of to have a story told from the African perspective on this scale so uh, that was just really thrilling to me and, and uh, of course I was a deep admirer of Ryan's work and uh, I love the concept of Wakanda so much and uh, you know how it's its entire premise is just really awesome and something I think you know from you know a third worlders perspective is, is something really cherished to imagine a place like that so to me it was it was deeply important on various levels so it was, it was a no-brainer uh, so yeah we started um, we started training and everything in like November and all came together and then of course I just been working with my dear friend Lupita on uh, my play, and then now we were in this movie together, so it was just, and then Letitia had been doing my movie, I mean my play in London, I'd met her there, and she was in the movie, and then of course I'm very good friends with Chadwick, so it was really kind of an amazing gathering of people, and uh, met some awesome, astounding people there, and really, you know, we worked together to collaborate and, and uh, build the specifics of this world, and uh, there were so many astounding details that the team came up with, Mr. Googler and Marvel, and and uh, it's, it was a really, it, was, it felt like it was this really collaborative, intricate, intense process that I think has, will, will birth a pretty beautiful child. <laughs> What's the sisterhood been like on set? This is going back to Black Panther between you, Lupita, Letitia, Angela. What was that experience like working with those fantastic women? Well, it was astounding, as I was saying, like, you know, me and Lupita go back to, you know, way back and then we'd just been working together on my my play Eclipsed. So we just spent the whole of like lots of 2015 and 2016 together and right through the Tony season and all that and so it was kind of amazing to be like oh my gosh we get to do this another thing, totally different thing together again. So like she was, we were already very much very close sisters and became even closer through this process actually um, because you know it was very much bouncing off of each other and supporting each other in our thoughts and our collaborations and and in how we were, you know, figuring out the language and everything. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we, and, you know, making sure we have fun uh, because I'm kind of the person who needs to be encouraged and reminded to have fun, and she made sure I did that. And then Letitia, as I was saying, I met her um, when she was doing the same role Lupita did in that play, but in London the year before. And so I loved her from the second I saw her get into character through playing some Kendrick Lamar and bouncing around a rehearsal room. I said, this girl's got fire. So I, I've loved her for, since then. So then to be in this, in this movie with her, it was like, it was just, it was amazing. And I've always, I've always really, really adored uh, Miss Bassett. And she's always been so kind and gracious to me every time I've been around her. So it was really, it was really beautiful, actually. We had a really good time together and supportive, fun, lots of going outs on the weekend, lots of, you know, bowling, going to Nigerian food, like, you know, whatever, and, and um, partying, you know, Mr. Addison and Chadwick made sure people always had a good time, and so it was just, it was actually a really awesome family of women and men, and um, yeah, it was a great sisterhood. We took a lot of care of each other. Did you read any of the comics to get prepared for your role? Oh yeah, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a researcher. So I did, and you know, I, I loved how we, we weren't, we were doing something kind of different from what you see in like the first the Christopher Priest version versus the Mr. Coates' version, which, you know, we, we tended to pull from more right through to the hair, you know, the style of, you know, the tattoos and no hair. Whereas in Mr. Priest's version, we had the perfect little, you know, black, dark and lovely bobs. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I really liked the way uh, they played off of, you know, elements of how to make them, you know, a lot more developed, I think, than what they were in the original uh, Christopher Priest version of the and, uh, and so it was, it was actually really interesting to see how the journey of the story has, or the evolution of the story has come about, but of course the most, the really fascinating what Mr. Coates has been doing most recently. What can you tell us about your character and the role in this movie and what you guys are filming today? 
well, I don't know how much I can tell you about any of that. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, my character is the is the uh, the general. She's uh, Black Panther's general, and uh, she her name is Okoye, and she was in the Christopher Priest version, but a very very different woman, and which I, I love how you know they've played that and spinned it and made it different. Um, and she's you know she's in the Dora Milaje. We don't marry, uh, but uh, you know. I don't know how much I can tell them about. How much can I tell them about uh, about Black Panther? I am I'm lost in the weeds. So yeah, I mean, she's definitely, she's a deep traditionalist. And you know, Wakanda is a very traditional place. It has been um, really protected through traits and traditions and rituals and structures that were created by the forefathers like a thousand years ago. And so uh, she's, she holds it on her shoulders. She's in charge of the intel of the nation. She's in charge of the, the military. So for her, it's really like, it's, a, it's a something that she really, really weighs on her shoulders to make sure that this nation is maintained in its secrecy, of course, because what it really is is hidden from the world and in the structures that they develop to, uh, to keep that alive and also to retain their, their status as the most advanced nation in the world. She's in charge of the war dogs. The war dogs are our spies that are all over the world. And um, they report to so that they know what's happening across the world, um, and so she has to. She, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. She's uh, she has a lot of responsibility, and she takes it very seriously. She's also responsible for the life of the king. So though he can largely take care of himself, um, but you know, as as Chadwick put it, it's like if I make one misstep, you know, that's what you know she's there to, to handle. And she, she carries that very heavily. And of course, you know, she just lost a monarch, which we saw in the Civil War. So that is also something on her heart and on her conscience. And, uh, you know, they, she's known, uh, of course, she's known T'Challa for many, many, many years. But uh, the idea of him stepping into this role, she wants that for him. She's excited for him. But she also holds the responsibility that the throne must be maintained through her structures. So um, it, it really is, you know, the changes that they go through to the point where they are opening up their borders and they are letting people know who they are is something that she really has to journey through. Uh, there are other characters who are more ready to do it. And she's, she's, not, she's not ready in the beginning. She's, she's not as happy to see the Avengers show up as, as everyone else. Like. She's more cautious about it. Okay. You know what I mean? She's always thinking about how many things can go wrong and, and how, much she, how much she can control what could go wrong before it goes wrong. But there's not a lot of control that she can have over something that's coming. This, you know, that's this um, massive. But you know, that's that's where her caution is. That's where her concerns lie. Is of course in her gut, from her, you know, from really, you know, and the, the vocation of being a Dora is you're learning how to be one from quite a young age. So her whole entire vocation has been to maintain this nation. And so this is actually the biggest one of. Well, there's another major threat they go through in in the movie you will have seen by the time this comes out. But this is one of the biggest threats they've dealt with. So uh, she, she sounds like totally no-nonsense. You have characters like uh, these guys getting off the ship, and I mean, you have the Guardians in this film. What, what is, what, are there any that you think she has a particular relationship with that are not in the Black Panther movie that you're excited about? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really exciting to encounter, like for me, to encounter all of them. It was really interesting to like see this whole mashup happen and then be a part of it. Uh, yeah, she does. Is well, they, you guys have seen this by the time this comes out. Uh, this movie, no. Oh, Black you Panther. won't have seen it. Oh, okay. We've seen Black Panther. Panther. You've seen Black Panther. This interview will go up after Black Panther. Thank you. Um, just keep it all straight in my head. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I mean there there will you know I think I'm excited for the connections that she can and might make through what she's about to go through with these with these uh, warriors and these Avengers and you know these superheroes. But I cannot share with you who she has the connection with. This is definitely one of the most probably the most female driven Marvel films. So Harmony just
really thrilling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm insanely thankful to be alive at the moment I am alive, and I, I don't take it for granted that so many women before me have had to navigate and push for, for more representation, and that you know I, I get to benefit from the fruits of, the, of their labor. So I, I really am. Um, I really think it is really thrilling because you're, you, you can see, like even in the times that I've been alive, I've seen the evolution from before I started acting to now. You can you can feel that the, the, the shift, and it is uh, it is a really exciting thing when you under, you see that there's a lot more attention paid to the position and the the um, contribution of female characters, and and you get to to be a part of that. So I think it's it's really it's thrilling. Really. How you said sorry, uh, you said that your character is very much a traditionalist, mm -hmm. and with the Avengers coming here to warn this big threat coming. Uh, is she the type of person that would leave Wakanda, or like? Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say about how she like on her shoulders to keep this place intact? Yeah. To I mean, leave protect it. the world. I mean, I'm saying like leave Wakanda to help protect the world. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, the fight's coming to them, right? So um, that that is. But she's she's the type of person who will go where she needs to go, especially considering the fact that. Um, you know, she's also very deeply connected to what her king decides. She is, you know, led by her king. And, you know, but in his move, you know, being a general, you know, you have a commander-in-chief, and then you go by his, his decisions. And she definitely lets him know her thoughts, but um, uh, she goes by his decisions. And also, she's not entirely, she is a take-no-nonsense, but she also is, um, you know, you'll have seen this in Black Panther, she, she has a lot of, of warmth and humor as well. Um, she's definitely fully, and a couple other little surprises that um, will, will, I think, be a little unexpected yeah. about her. But uh, yeah, she definitely um, is a, she, she's gotten to the point where she lets her deputy be all serious all the time. She doesn't need to be that. Can you tell us about your relationship with Nakia and Well, Nakia is Lupita's character. Right. Well, our relationship is established very much in Black Panther. Um, so it's very much that, you know, we're sisters, actually, which I love. You know, we have a, we have a, we're not sisters literally, but uh, there is, there's a respect. We're not always on the same page, um, but that's what relationships are made of. We so, told, yeah. We were told that the structure of the story is very much reliant on the Infinity Stones, where they are. You're going into. Yeah, yeah, plot stuff. How, uh, how difficult is it for you to balance uh, these Marvel role with your role in The Walking Dead now? I mean, it helps that they're probably in the street from each other. Well, you know what really it does help? It also helps that the one needs me bald and the other one needs me wigged. <laughs> so it actually really works out. They're really happy with that. Like, yeah, keep her bald. That makes the wig go on easier. You know? I was growing a fro, they didn't like it so much. Um, so yeah, they, they, it's 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 a it's a good balance. It's a good balance. They're they're both such awesome people on either sides, and so they they want they they want each other's stories told. So. What does she think of? Obviously, Bucky was tonight. Last time we saw him, mm -hmm. and now he's we saw him. And he's out there. What is, what does your character think of that? Uh, you know. She isn't, she hasn't been excited about outsiders, you know, and that'll, you'll see more of that. You'll see that in a very clear way in the movie. Um, you know, the idea, I, you know, outsiders, they threaten what they've tried to build up, but that's a big question. Do we isolate or do we open up? It's an interesting thing. It's very, it's highly relevant uh, to what we are dealing with, you know, in various parts of the Western world. Um, but it's from an African perspective, so it's, it's really interesting. But, uh, you know, he's one guy. He's one guy, you know, so he's manageable. <laughs> and she's thought it through, you know. She knows how to disarm that arm. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
Next up, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. Hi everyone. I'm trying to use this, but I'm not going to promise anything. It's alright. First, last time I saw you, you were not an Avenger. And now it looks like you focus on today, you were putting the team back together. I was not an Avenger, meaning in uh, Civil War. Yeah, yeah. I, I see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you sort of broke away. Sure. Sure. Well, what can we say? I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would necessarily say that this is the group of Avengers. You know, just circumstances have um, you know, dictated that people come together. Um, yeah, I think it's innocuous enough. That's safe. It's not incriminating. <laughs> Will we see more of a leadership role or less of a leadership role coming this film? In this film. Um, I, I think, you know, I think intrinsically Cap is a leader, but since there is no technical, uh, you know, Avengers structure, well, God, I don't know if I can even say that. Um, I mean... Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he's still, he, he's still a leader at heart, you know, I, I just don't know if he necessarily has, uh, you know, the same chain of command that he had in prior films. Has Black Widow sort of been a part of this underground group, or is she... Like between the events of Civil War and Infinity War, has she been on her own missions? Um, between the events of Civil War and now, uh, Steve and Natasha have been together. That's how we imagine it, and they've—I think it's—they've kind of been—they've been sort of flying under the radar, but still taking care of business and the way that they know how to do. And I think. You know, when we fi find them in this film, they're as it was explained to us by Joe and Anthony, they're you know they are just a well-oiled machine. They you know uh, they they sort of have a seamless communication between them, um, but they're more hardened, I think. And I, I think when you um, when you are working underground for such a long time and you don't have not that they need to have any sort of like back padding or a recognition exactly but I think you know when you're kind of going when you're sort of fighting for something that you know is important but is not being really recognized or supported by a larger organization or even like society as a whole, I think that makes it, it takes a sort of toll on you. And I think you get, you know, feelings about it anyway. So it's kind of where we find them. Is their relationship still just platonic? Yeah. Mark gave us a uh, pretty good breakdown of uh, Hulk having a pretty terrifying message for everybody, or Bruce having a pretty terrifying message. What's, what's your guys' version or take on uh, the news Bruce is delivering after his trip to Thor Ragnarok? The news he's delivering. Thanos is pretty terrifying. That's what I understand. He's telling us that Thanos is terrifying. <laughs> is that what? It, is that what? That's, 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 that's how, how we understand. understand. <laughs> how you know, I think that's, he was speaking a, more in general terms, yeah. not necessarily. Like, I think that's common knowledge, more so than actually kind of new information. Is so that like no, no one's like listening? What's that? No one's listening to him because of the conflict between the group. To him. Um, I don't know if I would... Well, we have, our characters, though, we've, we have had a little bit of a taste of what's coming. Yeah. Um, so I think we're a little... We have a different perspective a little bit. Um, and I think our characters also are not... I think one thing that they share in common is they... They're curious. You know, they're not... I think they are not, uh, they don't make decisions like emotionally, especially I think Natasha. And so and she, like I said, they have a little taste of what is coming in there. I think they're wary of what they're up against. Chris, can you talk about the, uh, I mean, obviously Thanos is the, the big bad of Avengers Infinity War, but also <sighs> to you, 
your feud with Tony from Civil War. Uh, can you talk about sort of how the film balances those things and how speed balances those things? Um, can I say? Tease it in like general terms. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking wing it and get in trouble. Um, God, I feel like I'm on Capitol Hill. I just, I prefer not to answer that question <laughs> for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, We're on the same Twitter stream. I've been touching yeah. Don't print that I swore. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, I think I think Cat knows how to compartmentalize. You know, I'm not going to speak to um, what the film addresses, but in terms of my character, you know, I, I think he is slowly in a, you know, he's becoming disillusioned as he gets older. Every single movie, he learns a little bit more that the world isn't the way he kind of wants it to be, and uh, I think that's why there's a connection between him and Black Widow. Black Widow is seen a lot more than he has, and it's kind of a little more calloused, and I think in a lot of ways, he looks up to that, and learns from that, and, uh, you know, first it was kind of the, the, the hierarchy of a kind of uh, a government structure that uh, fell apart, and then there was a uh, friendship that kind of betrayed him, and, or abandoned him, I should say, and I think when those things happen, it's like a destruction of a belief system to some degree, and you, you kind of... Um, can be a little cold as a result, and I, and I think you lean on people that have, you know, walked familiar paths, and, and there's no denying that Black Widow has certainly faced a lot of those challenges, and um, I, I think, like I said, long-winded answer, I think he's compartmentalized it enough to put it as a lower priority than what's at hand, which is obviously Thanos. that I have any particular emotional uh, reaction to him. I mean, you know, I think our characters, after encountering all, all that we have, whether it was Ultron or, you know, any other kind of, like, psychopathic person or being or, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it's... I think we're, you know, my character particularly is very strategic and it's not something that she can necessarily like wrap her head around. I think it's, we're a little bit blind going into this. I don't know that we necessarily know we are wary of what we're up against, but I think it's very abstract. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it says some of his probably worst fears come to reality. You know, I think the first time the sky opens up and aliens pour into the city, you kind of realize, well, that's a possibility. And we handle it this time, but who knows how how powerful the, these people can become. And, uh, and and I think this is kind of the worst case scenario where you find out all, all, the, all the potential of you know, someone trying to destroy your planet. Um, it can be. Sarah, I can't help but notice your hair's blonde. It's something Yeah, well, I think, you know, Joe and Anthony really wanted our characters to, wanted us to kind of feel like it had just been a period of time and we were both sort of kind of under the radar just like different I think that says sort of sick that red hair is a signature of Natasha they just wanted us to look different and um, so for me I kind of you know I thought all right well maybe I'll give it a kind of little like wink and nod to like the other widows like this kind of story that you know it's like right out but uh, like in her Yeah, no one's really. I, I didn't. I, you probably know more than I do. I, I, I've not had that discussion with Joe and Anthony yet. I mean, that's great. It's exciting. I love Bree. <laughs> Any chance I get to interact with Bree is, is great. She's you know, she's phenomenal. What can you say about the wear and tear we're seeing on your suit right now? What can I say? I just think this is the end of the last movie. Do you know what I've been doing? Yes. I, mean, I've, I kind of, you know, I, I dropped the shield essentially. Kind of went rogue a little bit, um, but again, I think it's in his nature to be of service, and, and I think to some degree, in order to maintain sanity, he had to kind of um, function within a system, 
that, that's, that's how his brain works. There has to be some sort of uh, functioning factory that you can operate within. And um, I think Black Widow kind of, to some degree, probably has a similar output. And, and, and I think and we lean on each other, especially in the face of that kind of loss coming off the Civil War. Um, and so he's been, you know, running these missions, answering to nobody. Really. Um, I mean, it really is the, the sign of a, a broken person. But, but, yeah, that, that's, that's the wear and tear. So, this is movie, we see the return of Banner to, at least in the circle, if not, you know, the official Avengers or whatever. I'm curious about the reunion between that and Banner. What can you tell me about their relationship? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's been a long period of time. And I, again, I think um, Natasha's not necessarily the kind of, I think she's, uh, you know, she's not the she's not a particularly sentimental person, and I think she understands that it's been a period of time, and they've both been through. You know, they've both had their own like experiences separate of one another, and um, I think that we'll always have like a shared experience with one another. But um, you know, again, a lot of a lot of time has passed, and I think she made it. I think they both kind of made a decision, this sort of heroic decision. Um, the last time that they uh, saw one another, that they were, you know, going to kind of sacrifice their own personal desire for the greater good, and that's you know, the path that they're on. heavy there's just a lot coming a lot of people coming together a lot of universes coming together um you know i actually think that in some ways there's not a lot of time to have feelings about what's going on because we're facing the greatest threat we ever have and um it's it's i mean that in itself is is so it's so much. Yeah. Do you know very what I mean? consuming. It's, it's, it's like a big game of chess, you know, and this is just one move uh, in a very long game. So uh, it's, it's tough to kind of carve out individual um, fleshed out arcs that, that, would, that would be worth discussing beyond the own actor, you know, the individual actor's process. Um, you know, it may not show up on screen the way we would explain. With all these characters coming together in the first line, all these universes, the biggest threat ever coming here. What are you guys most excited for fans to see, either care of interactions or action, whatever it is? Sure. Um, I think just the, the the nexus of all these different films. You know, it's it was fun with Avengers. You know, bringing all these characters to life, but these weren't uh, they weren't all separate threads of you know uh, characters that have had their own separate adventures. And I, I don't think it's ever been done before. Really, when you have so many different franchises coming together to kind of really try and make one stew. Um, like I said, Avengers was pretty ambitious, but this just really blows that one out of the water. What is the uh, relationship like for both of you with Tony at this point? Uh, I, I think, I don't think either one of us are ones to hold grudges. I think we operate in a very binary, utilitarian approach to most things we do, and I don't think we let emotion dictate our reality. Um, it's been a couple years, so I think we've both, you know, to some degree, um, not moved on, but maybe buried some things. Last question, guys. A train leaves Baltimore, traveling 60 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a tricky environment. We can all agree on that. Everyone's very, you know, polarized and um, very divisive. Uh, 
So you know, I guess I guess it's, it's nice playing a character that, that does his best to not let his political bias uh, dictate his choices. Um, because I know I'm certainly guilty of doing that at times. I think we all are, and um, it's it's tough to know how to behave when it feels like the rules have just been blurred on both sides. Um, things that shouldn't be effective are, and that can make everyone's compass a little wonky. And it's nice to play a character that has a very austere approach to morality. And uh, I don't know, it's comforting, I suppose. Cool. Thank you guys. And our final segment, Anthony Mackey and Sebastian Stan. Hello everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Avengers 3, my name is Anthony Mackey, this is Sebastian Stan. If you have any questions, direct them towards us, we will answer them in a timely fashion. Do not ask anything about the movie because we will not answer. <laughs> this will go extremely well and you will enjoy it. We're happy to talk about Wonder Woman. Love. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Loved it. Seen. Ladies. I've not seen it. Great job. <laughs> great job. Great job. All of you. Great job. I'm very proud of you. Great job. frozen. You're walking around here, so what can we say? Yes. He's not frozen. He was can found you, again. Can you not have your penis behind my head? I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. This is where he's not frozen. And that's good for someone. Well, we saw the scene he's already he's not in Wakanda. Frozen. What's he doing in Wakanda at the beginning of his film? Hanging out. The same thing he was doing in Wakanda the last time you saw him in Wakanda. Eating Wakandanese food. You know. That's the thing. Dreaming in his little spacecraft. <laughs> um, well, that's the last time you saw him, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, he's just here, finally taking in the scenery, I guess, and the scenery ain't great. Surprise. Does he not call the Black Panther at all? Because that'll come out with the Tempest Rift, right? So we can talk about that. Ooh, ooh. I already told you. We already told you. I congratulated your people no, and everything. <laughs> You're messing it up for everybody. So has Falcon been off on these, uh, in between Civil War and Infinity War, has Falcon been with Cap and Widow? We were just talking to Chris Scarlett. Um, no, we all kind of went on our separate ways. Like after, um, bless you, after uh, Civil War, this is where you say thank you. See, I, I see, men. We all kind of went on our separate ways and we were in hiding uh, because of, um, you know, everything that happened in Civil War. So now we get the uh, call to rally, and here we are, Avengers 3. Uh, what, are you, what, what are you rallying for? Freedom, truth, <laughs> social liberties, and peace with all men and women. <laughs> and Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson. <laughs> so for this movie, Thanos is, is the big bad guy. Tell me what your characters, how do they feel about Winter Soldier's just enjoying his, you know, new arm, and that's really where he's it's at. A nice arm, yeah. It's that's, a nice that's arm. That's where he's at. All looped up and, and ready to uh, go. And learning information as he goes along, I guess. Well, Falcon seems like somebody who's pretty grounded. Yeah, well, Falcon like, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle of a question. No, it's the same thing. <laughs> Who is this? Have y'all met this dude before? <laughs> Fucking angry Smurf back here? <laughs> Damn, homie. Um, it's, it's, it's an awkward question. It's like, so what, your character is a very realistic kind of guy, so what does he think when he hears about this all-powerful being that's going to Um Well, I think, you know, the one thing about Falcon that I've always loved since the beginning of uh, discovering this character and playing him is his military background and his belief that, you know, he's his job in life is to fight for his fellow man. So when he hears about Thanos and his overall, you know, idea of world destruction, um, he's very disheartened and shaken by it, and uh, he's eager to get into the fight against this super 
evil, this diabolical demon known as uh, y'all know who's playing Thanos, right? Yes. yes. Who? Right? <laughs> right? I mean, when you think of Thanos, think of W. You think of you know Daniel. <laughs> w H. Brolin. <laughs> he was so great in that movie. Um, yeah, he's a great actor. Sebastian, you carried a lot of emotional trauma and civil war. <laughs> Will that That sense started out the same way my therapist used to Exactly. <laughs> Has he had some therapy since civil war? Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. Much more. So. So we won't see much of that in this like he's a little bit more peppy. You know what? <laughs> I'll tell you, in the 10 pages that I was allowed to read, I didn't see that. For the other... No perk. I don't know, 90 to 100 pages that are in this film that I did not read yet. I have no idea. How do your characters feel getting back together again since we know you guys are best We just discovered this was our first scene reuniting. And I thought it was a warm. It was a warm, a, a warm greeting. I realized he's had a rough few years. He's been frozen. I'm black, so I have an age. <laughs> and uh, we're just surprised to see each other again on a new yeah. mission. Is that another? No, no. No, but we, I think we kind of found a, a, a we, good, we a good a, sequel to that. A moment. good compromise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. which is good. Done uh, your reunion with Kat yet? Is that today, or is that something that's coming up? That also just happened. Yeah. Okay. And what did you say about how was that? How did that go? Uh, I mean, as as it went by fast, I'll say that. Uh, you know, felt felt pretty natural. I mean, you know, we weren't we weren't milking the moment or anything. I mean, it was just it's what it is. I think I think the urgency of the circumstances that everybody finds themselves in kind of makes things go a little bit quicker, you know. They milk the fuck out of that moment. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's what was going on through his. Dude, movie. we get it. Time, but, uh, that's what everybody said on set. Right. <laughs> what about bringing the other characters of the Marvel universe together? I mean, you said you've only read ten pages so far, but looking forward to interacting with uh, specific characters. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's certainly going to be challenging, I, I'm sure, because there's so many different tones to, to each of the films, you know, and, and and that all the characters carry. So I think it'll be interesting to see how tonally everybody kind of fits in, into the same world. I mean, you've you've shot already some in Scotland, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. And it, the you know tonally, the great thing about the movie is how how it's working now everyone kind of it's not like you see one person who's the lead of the movie it's truly an ensemble movie and all i would say if anybody is the lead of the movie is thanos and it's all of us working around orbiting thanos uh because he's such a big bad guy like he's the uber bad guy he's the worst guy of all bad guys of all time so you can't like put him in three scenes down a fight scene at the end you really have to give him his just due. So it's, you know, our relationship and our scenes are more ensemble-based and everybody playing with the relationship with each other. As usual, I question my own stability <laughs> mentally and whether or not I should have just stayed asleep because <laughs> things clearly did not get any better. Did not work out well. <laughs> what is it like to that they told us for secrecy sake you guys were getting pages like day up? So what is it like trying to build an arc for a character when you don't necessarily know what the scenes are going Well, we have an outline. We have an overall theme and idea of what the movie is. The Russos come to us and tell us where we are in the movie. You know, for an actor, the most important thing is where you're coming from and where you're going to. Uh, explain what you're doing in that scene. So they always give us that information. Uh, and there's also trust, though, because at this point, I mean, we've been with these characters for so long that right. I feel like they do trust us to kind of... And, you, and it's not like you're showing up to a whole new material. You know, you, you are 
coming in with a history, and that's part of it also that helps. Anthony Russo's got healthy, lost, dropped a few pounds, <laughs> started riding motorcycles. Uh, midlife crisis, I don't uh, <laughs> Is he really riding motorcycles? Yeah, he's riding bikes now. Wow. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk to her. I don't know. I didn't know. But, <laughs> no, you know, the great thing about their style of directing is it's really um, actor first. It's really supportive of your craft and your process and what you bring to the characters. The best thing about working with Marvel is they know what everyone does well and what you don't do well. So they put you around people who do well what you don't do well. So they put us in a position to win every single time with every single scene. And uh, Marcus, Marcus and McFeely kind of work in that same vein. Um, you know, they know how to get the beats between the two of us. They know how to get the beats between him and Cap. They know how to work uh, Black Panther into it and all of our new found uh, all of our newfound uh, surprise arriving here in Wakanda. So all that's kind of worked in there extremely well. Mm. Yes, uh, Thanos is the main character, and you guys are all sort of circling around him. But the Russo's also said that every character sort of does have to have an arc that has their own journey to go on, right? What was it like discovering those? I mean, uh, how do you feel about each of your character's journeys throughout this film? I mean... Feels good. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it's certainly been a lot more of a stable situation uh, for, for for my guy. You know, from, from what we've kind of been used to and stuff. But it's interesting. I'm still finding that honestly. Like I'm I'm really still discovering it because how much of of you know you can't just turn a quick you know like hard right and suddenly everything is great. You know, it's just there, there's experiences and I'm still finding that to be honest. I don't know. I think for me is, you know, it's that continuous line, you know, being a supporter of Cap and where he is and his journey, I kind of enjoy the idea of being along for the ride step by step. You know, when I first met the Avengers, I was like, holy shit, if the Avengers need me, I'm there, you know, and it's just been ridiculous moment after ridiculous moment for me. So, you know, when I walk up and see a Tarkin raccoon, it's just the uber ridiculous moment that's leading to the next ridiculous moment. You know, so it's um, it's always just a fun, a fun journey my arc is for my character. What's it been like tackling so many new locations? I mean, I don't know how, many, how much you've done, but it seems like this is going to not only different places in the world, but the whole... We're right back where the tarmac was from. <laughs> so it's like a real strange because the heat is still here and then it's just some familiar faces and some new ones but I like Atlanta I feel like I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty used to it by now you know I mean I didn't go to Scotland I heard, sorry I heard you guys tow it up Scotland will never be the same <laughs> Scotland will never be the same <laughs> two weeks of night shoes <laughs> murder we blew it up <laughs> Uh, it was great. People in Scotland like to drink um, <laughs> a lot. Um, it was great. It was actually a lot of fun. The people were very supportive, uh, very helpful, and really left us alone. Like that's what I found so surprising. Even in Atlanta, if you try to shoot this movie downtown, there's going to be someone who's going to bother you. The people in Scotland were just like, "Just don't block my pub. <laughs> you don't block my pub. We're good." make me an access route to my pub and out of my pub. So it was it was dope. We had a very good time. Is that where Falcon was hiding out? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I feel like Falcon might stick out in Scotland. A little, a little bit. <laughs> Believe me, everywhere I went, everybody knew where I was. Probably, <laughs> put it that way. Probably in a good way. Right. Just like Beijing. <laughs> everywhere I went. That's fun. 30 minutes later, where's Anthony? You know, somebody said they saw somebody. Yeah, yeah, that was him. (laughs) Pretty much it's like, where's Waldo? Me, it's like, where's brother? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys talk about how the team name of Avengers and how the 
Which people? The people in the film. Uh, I don't think they feel too bad given what they're what they're seeing. It might, what's going on? Maybe for some people, as it's happening in our own life, you know, you pick the least worse situation. You know, when both things are necessarily maybe one is really horrible and the other one's a little bit like, well, we don't know. So, but. But Avengers is always going to stand for, I think, more good than, than something negative. And where we were in, you know, Civil War, we didn't have the best uh, morale support from the people because we were dropping cities on their babies. But now, you know, people are starting to rally around us again. They realize the importance of who we are. Am I boring you? No, I'm sorry. Is that okay? Do you, am I make, are you, no, are you just, all right? I, you need some water? I'm really are you all right? I'm fine. You want soda water? Some with a little bit of fizz? <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I have to make, no, it's all right. I mean, you know, could be that guy. Could be that Nothing to do with Yon, but this last question. Is there, oh, oh. is there a lot of, like, destruction on Earth? Is that what people are scared of, that they're willing to take up to support the Avengers? The, the universe Did you see Civil War? Apart. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see it. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I heard the black was great, but that's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. He was pretty good. So is that yes? This your line. It's a good Zippo dog. Military. Well, this is also planets and universes and all kinds of stuff. So I think it's a little bit more than just. You know, like on the planet. Making sure my lighter works. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of a fun little. You You're know, not supposed to flick another man's lighter, though. <laughs> Why is that bad luck? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Exactly. Coming to you at 2020. <laughs> thank, right, so thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Enjoy your day. Yes. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. Various episodes are edited by Jamie Broadnax, MR Daniel, and John Bauer. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Audioboom, and Spotify. 